Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning, witches. It is April 14th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, I am still in progress, and I hope that I always will be by Michelle Obama. Yes. I I heard the greatest thing on TikTok um, (laughs) the other day. And it's not quite in line with this, but it's still that idea that we should always be in search of, I guess. And it was this woman and she said when she was little, she would complain. Well, actually, let me back up. She was responding to um, like parenting TikTok. So uh, there has been discussion about like just how parentings differ from like culture to culture. And one of the big things that people are saying is that um, in the U.S., uh, parents tend to um, overly uh, try to get like provide child activities to their children, like um, to the point that maybe they're burnt out, you know, whereas in other cultures, maybe uh, children are just more expected to kind of uh, fall in line with the adult world versus adults uh, bending to the kid world. So again, just talking about different cultures and everyone's commenting about like how they were raised. And it's nice. It's nice. I love hearing about different parenting styles um, as a non-parent. Um, I like, I don't know. I nanny. I babysit. I like enjoy uh, that conversation. So um, this woman commented and she said, she was she had an Irish granny, and one time she complained about being bored, and her granny said, um, she said, uh, intellectual people are never bored. And she said that, that like shut her up. And now she said, as an adult, whenever she hears someone says they're bored, she thinks, wow, what an idiot. <laughs> I just thought, I just think it's really funny how like our grandparents can like really imprint on us. But what her grandmother essentially was saying is that um, you should always be in search of, of something and knowledge of information, of research and always be looking to learn. And so that if, so what she meant was, uh, have a thirst for knowledge and you'll never be bored. But what she said was um, intelligent people are never bored, Um, which isn't quite the same, but I thought it was nice. And I agree with the sentiment that you should always be in search for something and thirst of something. Um, The Witch Daily Show Oracle deck, I remember when we were creating the cards, um, there were two cards that I really, really loved. And I think this is probably one of my biggest regrets for this deck because I really wish I would have kind of gone with my instinct um, on it. But we have a card, which is the um, the seeker, right? And the seeker is the person always looking for something more, looking for something new, looking for something different. But maybe they struggle with actually finding it, with actually stumbling upon it. 
And then we had, um, which the card became the Book of Shadows, which is supposed to be the parallel of the seeker. So while the while the seeker searches for knowledge, the Book of Shadow finds the knowledge. It is the knowledge. But before it was the Book of Shadows, it was going to be, oh my gosh, it was the seeker and the, oh, I don't remember. It was like thinker, the seeker and the finder, the seeker and the thinker. Um, but it was while one is always seeking, the other one is always finding. And I, I really love cards that have these parallels and these, and these nuanced differences. Um, I feel like I'm almost at the point where I want to learn tarot. Uh, but I love Lenormand. It is my card reading system of choice. And I love it because it has those, it has those cards that bounce off each other, that have that nuance and that have those, uh, slight differences that mean a world of difference. And, uh, when we were doing the Witch Daily Oracle, um, that was my focus. My focus was because that's how I read, right? I've only ever read cards in this way. So when we were creating that deck, it was based off of how I know to read cards. So I don't actually have a real understanding of if it's different from tarot because I don't read tarot. I don't understand it. Um, one day, one day that'll be like a fun retirement project, I think. But for now, I'm really happy with my cards and they serve me well. Um, but I just, I love the cards that are parallels of each other, like sides of a coin, these like, the like, you know, the sun and the moon, they always want to touch but can't. And I really, really wish I had ended up doing that other card I wanted to do versus the Book of Shadows, even though the Book of Shadows is the same meaning it's still that meaning of to find knowledge and to find the truth you know um while it still has its meaning probably the same meaning there's a poetic beauty in having these two entity these two beings while one is seeking one is finding and like they're the two sides of the same coin oh maybe i need to reach out to siobhan and be like siobhan can you just make me this card and then I can print it and hang it in my house and I'll, and my soul will feel complete. Um, for those of you who are new to the show and have not experienced our witch daily Oracle eras, I'm sorry that this may not have made sense. I don't even know where we are in the show. Where am I? Oh, uh, tea time. Okay. So <laughs> we are drinking, uh, freezer spell which is our lemon meringue and if you know if you hear lemon and you know why it's called freezer spell good for you good for you <laughs> um, i'm gonna take a sip so we are talking about oranges we've talked about oranges uh, historically mythologically medicinally uh cu culinary and now we're talking about it magically so we are talking about oranges. So there's so many things you can do with oranges. And this comes to us from awesomeon20.com. So there are various spells that use oranges, particularly orange peel, to help find your true love. From teas to incense to charm bags, oranges appear in spells to attract the person who is meant just for you. And once you've found the person, orange can help keep them faithful. Drink a glass of orange juice before making a big decision to help engage your intuition. Orange seeds can be used in divination 
Think of a question as you eat your orange, then count the seeds. An even number means no, an odd means yes. Give oranges as gifts, either the fruit or uh, the flavoring in a dish or baked good, to strengthen the bonds of friendship and give blessings and joy to the receiver. Yeah, this is gonna haunt me forever. It might, it might have been achiever because the seeker, the seeker, is always looking, and the achiever actually, fin like finishes the journey. Huh. Oh. That's always gonna be like a little sad, a sad poetic moment in my heart. I wish, I wish we would have just done it. Um, I, I just like, I felt it was just a better choice. To not, but now I have regrets. Regrets. I have regrets. Okay, <laughs> moving into some headlines. I half the people listening just has no idea what I'm talking about, and that is fine. Like no one should, you know. Uh, moving into some headlines. It is Friday. It is Fun Friday, so we're having a little fun. Um, if you have a little bit of a queasy stomach, whew, um, and we may be spoiling. So there's spoilers for Yellow Jackets season two, episode two. So. If you have not seen that episode, if you, um, I'm really lucky if I haven't seen a show, I can hear spoilers all day long because my brain doesn't know the context in which they belong. So like I can hear spoilers about a show all day and then watch the show and not remember any of the spoilers. But um, you can skip ahead if you don't want to hear this, but I'm obsessed with this show and I want you to be obsessed with it so that we can all have little watch parties together and watch Yellow Jackets. That's my dream. All right. So was the Yellow Jackets final descent into madness caused by the supernatural or a shared delusion? Ooh, this is written by Rosie Knight of IGN. So it finally happened after an internet breaking first season a wait that felt far too long, and two new episodes that reintroduced us to the brutality of the wilderness. The full Yellow Jackets team committed to the cannibalism that was implied in the opening moments of the show's series premiere. It was gruesome. It was a sequence that hinted at the supernatural or the possibility that two months in the wilds of winter has begun to drive our group of survivors mad. Let's dive into the juicy conversation like the teenage girls dove into the moist flesh of their old teammate. So what drove the Yellow Jackets to cannibalism? And this is something I have thought about. So I saw the scene, right? It happened. And I was really surprised because when you think, okay, these people are going to have to resort to cannibalism. In my head, I was like, okay, so they're going to be the most desperate of desperates. They probably wouldn't have eaten for days. Um, it's a dire situation. And then because cannibalism is the epitome of uncivilness, uh, you want to balance that out naturally. It's our instinct to want to balance that. So I remember thinking, they're going to be at the end of the rope. It's going to be dire, dire, dire. And then they're going to have a conversation. They're going to have a civil conversation where they agree this is what needs to happen. But that is not at all what happened. And at first I was disappointed. Like I kind of thought, oh, is it poor writing that they didn't go to the brink, you know? And then 
I, I sat on it for like a week. It's been a week since I've seen it. I sat on it and I was like, no, it's amazing writing that that's not what happened. So uh, what drove them to cannibalism? So this has long been one of the core questions at the center of the show. While one obvious answer is hunger, there was a lot more to the act when it finally happened. Shauna is clearly not faring well after the tragic death of her best friend turned frenemy, and there's an especially alarming twist when Jackie begins to taunt Shauna about her hunger and how she should eat her frozen corpse. Shauna had already broken the cannibal seal in season two premiere, but rather than being disgusted or horrified, she's still thinking about sampling more of her former best friend's body, which the layers and layers and layers and layers of symbolism here is already like intense. There's already this kind of um, Shauna's clearly in love with Jackie, even if it's platonically she kind of worships her. She idolizes her um, to the point where she is pregnant by her best friend's boyfriend. Like she wants to consume like like they're like before the act happens, the cannibalistic act, she says to her, I don't know where uh, you end and I begin. And then which the, you can't get more close to someone than that apart from actually consuming them, which she does. So for the actress who plays Shauna, the scene was a riot. It was so fun. I thought it was so iconic that Shauna's kind of the first one that taps into the whole cannibalistic idea, especially because it's Jackie. But I think it's a coincidence. <laughs> Should the second the ear was put in the pocket, I think the idea was sparked inside her head. And I think it I think it's kind of like an itch you have until you scratch. And she had to commit it at some point. So it's clear that the girls are uh, suffering from hunger that's verging on the edge of starvation. Now, at this point in the show, they did still have food, right? It was just really heavily rationed, but they were still eating. Um, but most of them are far more adverse to Jackie's dead body than Shauna. Everything changes when Ty discovers that Shauna has been braiding Jackie's hair and doing her makeup, her dead friend. Ty decides that it's time to cremate Jackie and get Shauna out of their meat shed, but their seemingly sensible plan quickly takes a turn for the worst. So I won't keep going into it because like, you know, I'm sure you'll watch the show. Um, but it was a really very interesting so, of course, the moment the girls are like, oh, let's cremate the body, I was like, oh, no, I watch enough true crime that I know that the level of heats you need to cremate a body is not the level of heat these girls have access to in the middle of, the win of winter with a bonfire. You know what I mean? So I knew. I was like, oh, no, this is the moment. I knew. I was like, I know. I've, I, I listen to so many true crime podcasts. Yeah. Um, but it's really fascinating. I really love reading people's thoughts and ideas on it. Um, I really, really love the show. I have a lot of my own um, ideas about the characters, and uh, I think the symbolism is 
remarkable. And um, I think they've done something here that is really fantastic. And there's a lot of witch. It's very witchy. There's a lot of witchy stuff in the show. Um, I highly recommend it. And it sound, it's actually not as gory as you would expect. Like, it's a gruesome, like, the ideas, it's more psychologically gruesome than what's shown on TV. But I highly recommend it. Check it out. I absolutely cannot get enough. Okay, witches, I'm sure you're done hearing about that. I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, April 14th. The waning crescent moon is experimenting in Aquarius today. Here, the moon squares Mercury. Mercury is currently slowing down and getting ready to retrograde. On top of that, Mercury is in Taurus, which makes its pace a lot more deliberate. It might be hard to get the ball rolling on your brainstorming processes today. Things are just not happening as quickly as you're used to, and that can be a bit frustrating. Unfortunately, that frustration can clog things up even more. Try to deliberately slow things down. Taurus likes logic and rumination, and you'll be asked to use both today. If you embrace this more calculated pace, you'll find that your day gets a bit easier. Your daily moon mantra is, slow and steady wins the race. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. The Magic of Trees is not just a book on tree magic. It is about drawing on the strength of forests and tree energy to better connect with ourselves, other people, and the world around us. Each chapter reinforces meditations, spells, and rituals that will reconnect humanity with its roots at every stage of life. These practices take a hands-on approach to life and spiritual work. They lead to individual self-awareness and fulfillment through healthy natural practices. Plus, this text has the added benefit of fine-tuning spiritual tree connections, which never stop growing. Find the magic of trees wherever books are sold. All right, so we are back with Kiki Dombrowski to talk on our final day of Grimoires slash Book of Shadows. Yeah. Um, so today we are actually talking about things we would do differently or mistakes we've made in terms of our books. Uh, Kiki, do you have any uh, to share? They're all happy mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I they really are. I think I, I think that I've mentioned it throughout the week so far. Um, for me, trying to find like the fanciest leather bound notebook with fancy parchment paper. Whenever I get those kinds of things, I'm like, I'm going to make this into you know a grimoire. It's it's not a book I feel comfortable working with. It's not something that I can use as a tool. It's almost like a, like an object that I'd put in a museum. And for me, a grimoire needs to be a place where I can work, where, you know, I could get the shea butter on the page and it's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, it's going to be part of the, the story um, that grows over time. So for me, the biggest mistake is thinking that you know, there can't be a typo on a page. There can't be, um, 
it has to be, you know, perfect. And I have to wait to do it. And I have to only use the tried and true. So we've kind of like touched upon those things um, already. I think that those are the biggest mistakes. I, I know I have like two or three journals that, you know, I looked at and I was like, I'm going to make these into like extra super special serious grimoires where I just put rituals and they don't get used. Instead, the things that get used are my three ring binder or, you know, like I said, I'm a junk journaler. I'll use that or I'll use my my day planner as places where I collect things instead. Yeah, that's pretty much my mistakes um, as well. Again, it's just having this really big, beautiful, and I love it, book. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm definitely one of those people that, like, I cannot write in a straight line. I will always slant at some point. Um, and then there, so yeah. And it's like, you don't want all this, you don't want your bad handwriting in your book, you know? And so my way around that was I actually purchased a printer that could handle the size of the pages I had. Like that was my thing. I was like, Oh, I'll just design my pages and print them. And then of course I buy the printer. I bought it three years ago. I printed five pages and never did ever ever again and the printer of course because it was a printer that could accommodate like a bunch of different page sizes uh it was difficult to use for every day like when I actually needed to like you know needed it for work and um I literally just threw it in the trash this morning because it (gasps) stopped working because it just stopped working and I was like so I purchased this like printer three years ago and I did not use it for the intention because yeah it's just like uh, it's frustrating because I genuinely want to use my big fancy book um I just gotta figure out how like how to do it um what would happen if you just just did whatever you wanted to like maybe like just use one page as like a scrapbook page like just Mm -hmm. write out one of the stories you're not filling the whole book but just see how it feels yeah um to just do the absolute opposite of what you've been doing oh that might be that's an interesting thing to do with mistakes as well like if, if you think it's a mistake, what's the absolute opposite? Because really there's no wrong answer in create in creativity. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, just do the opposite. So you don't have the printer anymore. Get some markers, get a, get a nice little gel pen. Uh, <laughs> and I just, you know, yeah. I never went you? through that phase, that hand, that good handwriting phase. Oh, you know what I mean? But they have these days, which I might look into. I'm like determined to make this work. Um, they have like those really cute portable scrapbook handheld printers. You literally, what? I know. It might suck. Oh, no. So I'll Google it. I'll look into it. If I can find oh. like a little thing where I can just, because my handwriting, I never went through that girl handwriting stage. I just didn't. So my oh, with like the circle with the circle dots over the eyes. <laughs> it's just it was it, it like I don't I remember in middle school there was like a day where it's like all the girls learned how to write well and like I just like was not I don't you know it's like you know how like the universe just downloads information into people's heads like all at the same time. It's like one day I showed up at school and like all the girls in class just like knew how to write really well and like I didn't get that download. I don't know. <laughs> So you I was downloading something else. 
<laughs> I was busy. I was busy watching Charm to care. Yes. <laughs> but that's what I loved on Charm. So I loved on Charm how like there would be scenes of them adding in their own stuff, which was always such a big deal about how they would add to the Book of Shadows. But it's funny because like even though I love how every woman in this lineage of witches all had the exact same handwriting and <laughs> like bubble letters. Levels. Just- yeah. They all knew how to draw. I know. Oh, and sweet Paige, when she put all of her sticky notes in, remember when she tried to fix it and she was like, well, I needed to organize this. Like that was very much like a Kiki Book of Shadows moment. Like, like I just need to know, I need to put like a sticky note so I know where to open up when I need X, Y, and Z. Oh, cute. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still dedicated to like making that work. I refuse to let it go. Um, so I think that's it in terms of mistakes. I, yeah, I guess my biggest mistake is I wish I would have committed to saving everything sooner. Um, even though I know it's littered out there in the world, I just need to, I just wish I just, cause I, I always had that idea. I always had the idea. I would just have this really beautiful thing and because, and it just never worked out, you know, it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time and that's not a mistake or a shame thing. And maybe that that's something to keep in mind too. Like don't feel bad or ashamed if you didn't have, you know, three days to, you know, spend 50 bucks at Michael's and, you know, like, 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 I love how you said like you, Man, I am so obsessed. Like I have like a sticker and scrapbooking problem. Like it is, it's, it, I've, I've got a thing happening at my, my apartment right now. <laughs> I have more washi tape than I know what to do with. Oh gosh. <laughs> but I love like you have a post-it note that has so much energy in it. It has brought wisdom to people for years. And that in itself is precious. Um, and that was done in a moment. And and maybe one thing to consider is, is if you collect those little precious moments, you could turn it into a grimoire page or an entry or a scrapbook page. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just different things to consider. Um, but yeah, there's sometimes there feels this like heaviness and guilt, like, oh, I should be doing this. Like, yeah, like, like, how would it feel if you can commit an hour a week to this? How would it feel if you can commit one, you know, three, three hour period every month, like at the full moon? Like, what if I had a full moon, you know, oh. grimoire work? Yeah, that's lovely. That's lovely. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's I a know, good I, idea. <laughs> I'm going to jot that in my notebook. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think that's a great idea because, and also, you know what could be good? So I'm also a big fan of like having like a routine ritual, doing a big ritual once a month just to clean out the pipes and get aligned. Um, And very often I do a ritual without any sort of uh, spell, you know, it's just just for the ritual. Um, Yeah, it could be a good idea to like, when I don't have any spells or anything I'm doing to use that, uh, that space. You know, that um, that timeless space to uh, work on my book of shadows or a grimoire. That's a good, it's a good, it's a good idea. 
Oh, geez. Anytime you want to do that, we will FaceTime and we will, we will do some arts and crafts, some arts and witchcraft. <laughs> Perfect. Um, do, do you want to hear some of what our listeners said? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Definitely. <laughs> so Lilith says, I use a three ring binder and clear sheets. That way I can take stuff in and out, rearrange, put it together little scrap notes and waxy dripped pages. Very oh, cute. I, I love it. I love it. And I love Lilith. That's such a great idea. Oh my God. Yeah. Like those little, those ones where you could stick sheets into like the plastic holder. Is that what she means? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which oh. is, it, yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's kind of that like scrapbooky idea. Yeah. That's smart. That's cool. Kimmy says, oh shit. I do this too. I wrote a big, <laughs> I wrote a big long essay of a reply about it, and then I saw I was just repeating uh, what you said. Uh, she's talking about Lilith. Oh my god, that's hysterical! Oh my god, we've got <laughs> we, we're seeing a trend here. I think I know what I need to put in my three three ring binder next. Uh, Tara says, "I just bought a composition notebook one day and started putting my stuff in it. I lean toward I lean towards a '90s middle schooler, though. I get the different color gel pens and put stickers in it when I get them. Yes, yes, a plus. I love it. <laughs> there is something so much fun. There is so much fun about like getting markers and like fun gel pens. And I have the paper mate felt tip pens. I love those. And you know, then you could even if if you're you know, you want to be extra, extra, you can do like colored magic with the pens you're using. And oh, that's such a great idea. Um, Amanda says, I use binders with clear insert sheets too. I have collected and written so much over the years and I have a color coding system um, oh. and a small bookshelf with space for each subject. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, wow. That's so I, I want to see everybody's picture. Like I want pictures. Like I need to see how every, you know, but some people are private about sharing that. I'm, I'm an, <laughs> I'm an open book pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, like this on this page, I have this, this is a channeling session. I'd show everything, but I just, I'm like, I just want to see everybody's stuff now. Um, It's really funny. I just remembered. So like I, for like my whole adulthood, I have saved every single note I have ever received. I have like this Bendel's bag, <laughs> just full of every letter, birthday card, note. Um, and so if anyone has ever sent me like a holiday card, uh, so sometimes like, um, you know, a listener will send me like a cute little holiday card of their family. I have it. It is saved. <laughs> so part of me also kind of wants to go through that. Uh, <gasps> like go through those and like maybe put those, like sprinkle those in my little book. I think that'd be very nice. I think it's a, a great way to repurpose it and bring it back to life. Um, you know, yeah. but my mother, my mother did something really similar to what you do. And she called the memory boxes and she had a memory box for each kid. So we all had like, you could go in my memory box and see my report card from second grade. <laughs> like she oh. has everything. I think she still has it. Meanwhile, I don't even know where my, my senior year yearbook is, but she's, you know, got my baby teeth and a plastic baggie in my memory box. 
so great. I think mommies do that. I, which I, you know, obviously I love my mother a lot. So, um, if she's listening, hi mom, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think maybe in a way too, that's, uh, maybe that's something we have to think about with the grimoire is, you know, it's, it's a collection of those moments that make us who we are. All right. So me and Kiki just went on like an hour tangent. Um, so <laughs> if you would like to hear um, from everything, from sleepwalking to ghosts to Paris um, and Tori Amos, uh, head on over to the Patreon. We'll put that over there. Um, if you're curious about our thoughts on any of that. Um, but I do want to wrap up our book of shadows slash grimoire conversation uh can you thank you so much for coming on and helping uh me and our listeners well thank you for having me and thank you for teaching me so much and thank you to the listeners for also sharing how they you know uh, compile their grimoire i really do think we need to have a show and tell or like a like a workshop at the full moon or something but this has just been such a joy and 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 that little extra hour that i just love talking to you it is so fun you can definitely tell that we've known each other for almost 10 years. It's really been that long, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Wow. That's Crazy. awesome. Yeah. That's so <laughs> uh, cool. So, uh, yeah. So you are welcome on uh, literally anytime you want. Uh, I know the listeners oh. love you. I love you. So um, thank you so much. Thank you. I love you, too. And I love the listeners. And I love the Witchway family. So. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Krista Doran. Krista, you transcendent fancy starfish. Julie M., you smashing glorious dragon. Nicole Brewer, you, sm you smashing tenacious sun goddess. And then finally, Trish, you celestial glorious spinster. Thank you for so much being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave today, we do have a card pull from the Buffy Tarot deck. And our card today is Nine of Scythes. So because you fear it, the world is crumbling and you may find that your nightmares are made of flesh. Anxiety is weighing heavily on your cerebral cortex. But the Nine of Scythes offers a reminder. You are not alone. During times of duress, a buff intellect can be a bully, convincing you that everything is wrong, but it's just not true. Spend some time with your BFFs and have them dismantle your fears in the comforting light of day. All right, witches. That's all I've got for you today. Um, we do have a witch chat tonight for those in that Patreon tier. I can never remember. Um, tonight, April 14th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. So we just hang out and we chit chat about nothing. And it's nice. It's usually just a few of us too. So it, it never feels like you're competing with a bunch of people. And it's just really nice. Anyways, um, that's it. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we've referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again next week.
witches. We hope you have a wonderful day, full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. I had an abortion when I was 15 years old in my home state of Arizona in 1994. It was not a decision that I made lightly, but I have never for one moment doubted that it was the right decision for me. But so much has changed in Arizona and many other states since then. If I were that same 15-year-old in Arizona today legally, I would have to get parental consent. I would be forced to undergo a medically unnecessary ultrasound, go to a state-mandated in-person counseling session designed solely to shame me into changing my mind, and then take a state-mandated 24-hour time out to make sure I really know what I wanted. And finally, I would be forced to give the state a reason why. Well, here is mine. It is my body, not the state's. Women and their doctors are the ones that are in the best position to make informed decisions about what is best for them no one else. No bill that criminalizes abortion will stop anyone from making this incredibly painful decision. These bans will not stop abortion from happening, but they will drive women and girls and people into the shadows, which is what this has always been about, shaming and controlling women's bodies. In the week after I shared my story on my show, women were coming up to me in the street, in the supermarket, at my gym, with tears in their eyes, thanking me for my bravery. But the word brave didn't sit right with me. Why is it brave to speak to an experience that millions of people around the world throughout history have gone through? And then I realized it is considered brave because as women, we have been taught to feel shame about our bodies since birth. I am so sad that we have to sit here in front of a row of politicians and give deeply personal statements because the why doesn't matter, it should not matter. I am a human being that deserves autonomy in this country that calls itself free, and choices that a human being makes about their own bodies should not be legislated by strangers who can't possibly know or understand each individual circumstances or beliefs. I'm here today to help destigmatize a legitimate medical procedure and continue to encourage women not to allow themselves to be shamed for their choices. And finally, I am here today for my two little girls, Birdie and Cricket. My dream for them is that they will live in a world in which women are truly equal with complete control over their own reproductive health. That is the dream I hold for all people, regardless of their privilege or parents or what state they live in. That dream is slipping further and further from reality with every ban passed. I hope that you, our elected leaders, can help us reverse the tide. Thank you. I look forward to today's discussion.